making each other uncomfortable, catching up, telling jokes. It's the end of the joke contest. It is was that in good taste? Finally, we're catching up. I am your main most important host, <laughs> James Beery. And as always with me is your slightly more attractive host, Chandler Phillips. And <laughs> we're gonna be funny. What's up, Chandler? This is a whole. This is a thing. I'm doing a whole new thing now. Okay, see, this is. I'm, we're gonna. We're gonna talk about this. I see you doing a thing. It's important. What is the thing you're it's doing? SEO. Okay, social engine optimization for your ears. Okay. Oh, I th- okay. You All turn right. on the podcast. You press the button, and you hear what we're doing immediately. Yes. Right. We're being funny. Blah blah blah. Joke. Who we are. Now we're doing the thing. People are engaged from the beginning. Then it's funny. Maximize engagement. Then, oh, oh. Run the fucking algorithm. There we fucking go. So people know that what we're doing right now this week is catching up. That we're finally doing the fucking fallout of the fucking contest that we did in which we have to write each other fucking three jokes. Does that make us the boys of fallout? What? Like, we're the boys... Who are now dealing with the fallout of the... Anyway, (laughs) that was not funny. Um, Yeah, so it's rough, bud, but it is what it is. Can I get a... Can I get a... Yeah! (laughs) Tell me that's not fucking funny. Um, (laughs) I'll give you a... Yeah! When you deserve a... Can I get a... Can I get a... Can I get a... Yeah! So before we get into it, remember to like, subscribe, comment, contact us if you got any ideas or just want to chat. Uh, you can find this wherever podcasts are found: Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, um, Google Play. There you go. Anchor. Damn it! You fucking almost did it right. God, God damn it! But of course, as always, we start off behind the bar where we talk about what we're drinking, why. And then we catch up a little bit. So this week, what are we catching up over? Well, I was gone. I took a sabbatical. Oh, the people don't realize the last two or three episodes have been banked shows. <laughs> Tell the people. Tell the people how we pre-record things. We recorded a bunch of things and we've been using them, which is why we're doing this now. But you were gone. So gone. You were so far away. I went across the country. I went back. I, I've, my brother graduated from University of Nevada, Reno, and I was going there to show my support. My brother and my cousin, um, and they're graduating at the same time, both engineers, uh, both of them contributing to the family and making me seem like the fuck up of the generation i mean you are you're a comedian i am i (laughs) (laughs) what am i doing i don't have a 401k right out of college so i'm i'm probably the fuck up you don't already have a two-story house it's only a hundred thousand dollars what do you do you haven't made a down payment on a new car you're in unemployment what What? (laughs) um anywho but this was the first time i brought uh grace back to uh california fuck you said her name first time. I uh, know this. You've is... never said her name before. It's time the people know. It's time that the people know. Fuck! It's game over. Who's Grace? Grace is my girlfriend. Oh, how you know Grace? Because you introduced us. Oh, so Grace is Grace is my friend. Yeah, Grace is your friend first, and then, and then we started dating, and now, I guess she's she's your friend. Who is also my girlfriend? Wow, you've reduced her to only being your girlfriend. No, I, I thought re- you were going to mention her amazing book, "Love Is a Hug," that's purchasable on Amazon. Well, I no, thought you'd mention I reduced her to being your friend, which includes being roped into producing podcasts with you, like the one she hosts uh, on the porch. Oh, you don't even know Wait. what the fuck it's called. It's called the front porch. The front porch. It hasn't even aired yet damn so there you go fucking it up anyway so she met my parents she met my family she met the dogs she met my friends any friends other than me 
Well, a little jealous. <laughs> but they're across the fucking pond or across the pond. They're on the If other you go if you go the other way. <laughs> they're on the other side of the Mississippi. Um it was a really good time. I took her kayaking. I showed her downtown Sacramento. We took her to a beer garden. Um, she saw Tahoe. She got to experience uh, my version of California. And now we're uh, planning on a trip to go back to her home in North Carolina. And so now I'm going to experience her version of North Carolina. How long have you been dating? About six months. Nah, moving kind of fast, huh? I'm just starting shit, but this is fun. I'm sorry. Honestly, I, I don't think that's too fast. I, You know what? I'm going to be real. I don't think so either. If you connect with somebody and you really have affection for them, well, and like, not. It's not like you're also having kids now. No, and if, you think. if I were still living in the same town that my parents lived in, or like even just remotely close, they would have met like easily three months ago but flying across the country now that was the big step was the traveling part but that was seamless it seemed like and honestly i'm fucking we're gonna throw it out there i don't know apparently maybe she said that it was awesome and that you guys had a good time and she didn't seem to come back unhappy Hmm. you know she didn't seem to come back Having lived with you for like a she week. was she wasn't traumatized by the uh, experience because you know some people that's what happens you know when that's... you know people like you'll go travel and you realize like you like them or even love them but or you, sometimes you just like like them or you like like <laughs> or you like 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 you know not Whoa. The, oh, oh boy no, wait a minute <laughs> I'm not trying to give no one no babies I'm not, I'm not <laughs> like like liking someone yeah, but you know you do that and it's like oh well you know maybe maybe you can live together but the traveling was such pain or maybe the traveling was good but you realize that sharing a space with someone not when you can just leave but when right. you have to live when you have to you spend have to time. share space is very different. Like we shared space really well, and I, it seemed like it was really good. Was it good for you? I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I, I had a really. Good time. This is growth. It's funny because you know, I love if you would be happy, and I'm not saying that you were unhappy, but I feel like there's been a part of you that's been missing the intimacy. That there's a part, no matter how how close you are. You could be so close to your bros that you hold hands. Like, whatever. You can literally be that close, but there's an intimacy mm-hmm. that's missing. You know what I mean? There's an intimacy that is lost. The intimacy of laying in bed late at night on a Tuesday. You both have to work. You're both tired. Maybe when you, It doesn't matter. Somebody has, One person has to work. Someone's getting up in the morning. But even though you have to go to sleep, I don't know. You can't really sleep. You just start talking. You're laughing. And you just keep it going, and it keeps going. And the next, the next thing you know, it's four in the morning, and you're like, "Fuck, it's late." But it was not a bad time, and the exhaustion the next day is worth it. Like, there's an intimacy there that you can't get. And I think that was the intimacy that we shared initially, even when you just introduced us before we were dating. That I really valued, and I wanted more of or at least to more to share and um it's been super refreshing like the past five six months have been uh a whole different a whole different lens on just whatever whatever glasses i've been looking at life with it's an adult relationship it's fucking do you think it is because here's this is the thing i was very curious about I had a lot of relationships that I felt like were adult relationships, but like I think they weren't. I feel like you guys have an adult relationship. I feel like you have an emotionally mature relationship, and it's like, wow. I do too, and it's weird because I want to make fun of it. <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> but it's hard because it's nice. It's like, <laughs> wow, look at us being emotionally mature fucking nerds it's like oh it's not perfect but like you know people work hard and and it works out well because you communicate and it's like fuck damn look at you understanding when you're projecting your insecurities and 
also being able to have an open dialogue about why you're feeling things. That's one th- one thing Nerd. that's so crazy that people don't understand is like it, people are like, oh, I'm insecure, blah, blah, blah. It's not just about that. You can be insecure. Being able to acknowledge and verbalize that, you don't have to master it. You don't have to be the psychiatrist of yourself who makes yourself perfect. Yeah. As long as you are able to verbalize it to your partner and they can understand, that allow them to either give you the space. Well, that's been kind of one of my, I guess, newer adopted methods of dealing with or coping with insecurities where instead of, I guess, actively confronting those said insecurities, I'm just more verbal about it. Oh my like I'm in a situation where I'm like, hmm, I want to participate in this conversation, but I don't want to seem like I'm hogging conversation. And I'll say that out loud. And then so it's got like I feel like just voicing my insecurities and making them transparent has granted I'm I'm not doing like the fully healthy thing mm-hmm. and confronting it. Go to the psychiatrist. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, I'm I'm just I'm just talking about it all. Like I'm just hey, whipping it good. out. I I've been learning a lot about my AD my ADD from TikTok, as all all people do. <laughs> and and <laughs> one of the things I learned, which is very true, is like you know, when it comes to addressing the way that you feel or listening to people, there's a thing people with ADD do. Where when people are talking about their experiences, they're listening, but they want to connect by sharing their own experiences. Right. Like you're relating. You're relating, but a lot of people have a hard they're they're doing it because they're they're like, oh, well, I've also experienced this. I want you to know my experience so that you understand that I understand your experience. Right. But people don't receive that well. Because sometimes it things seems get like, lost in translation. It seems like you're making it about you, but you're trying to make it about them. Right. You know, you're trying to just participate and be like, yeah, see, I get this. And it's really easy to fix that by just being like, hey, I'm trying to connect with you right now. And I really want to tell you my experience, you know. Right. But I'm listening to you, but I really want to tell you this right now so that you understand that I know where you're coming from. And that kind of fixes almost everything. It. And if it doesn't completely fix the situation, it kind of just helps pad the conversation a little bit. It's like when people first started uh, doing lumber in the Pacific North Northwest. Fucking, of course, you would. This is the kind of this is this is the kind of knowledge you would use. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. When people started, <laughs> when the lumber industry in the Pacific North Northwest and like the California sequoias and like uh, Southern Oregon and stuff, um. The redwood trees were so huge, but so densely packed together that um, when you would cut them down, they would fall and then they'd just break a bunch of other trees and then they would explode. Like the way the grain and the bark and stuff on these redwood trees would a lot like they there was no way to fell a tree without it like organically just fucking obliterating and so what people started doing is they'd have to do prep work to where these trees would fall so that it would cushion optimally. It wouldn't take out a bunch of other smaller trees and, and completely you know, fuck up what they were working on. And so I feel like what we're doing is just kind of that conversational padding. Like we're we're kind of clear cutting, but we're still putting in some extra stuff so that when we do eventually fall that tree, it doesn't just explode everywhere. It's preparation. It's preparation. Saying to someone like, hey, right now, I I really want to tell you my story because I want you to understand what I'm saying. I understand where you're coming from. You got to do the groundwork. And they can go, they can go. But then when you do that, they can go, oh, well, tell me your story. Or they can go, right now, I kind of want to just tell you what I'm going through. Yeah, they. it gives them the option to... To say, well, let me get through this, and then we'll come back to that. And I think that adds the opportunity for harmony. I agree. It's all about being able to communicate with people. Yeah. And what are, like, so, before we get really into, like, the jokes and stuff, but, like, jokes Jokes. 
Jokes and jokes and jokes and bananas, bananas. <laughs> jokes are a, a perfect way of connecting with and communicating with people. Just like drinks are. What drinks are we, and jokes. We're, we're connecting over drinks. New thing I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, leave the drink to the end a little bit because we're connecting over the drinks, which we're really doing. Oh, you see that? Huh? Huh? Yeah. huh? Yeah. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Um, what are we connecting over this week? Oh, I'm the one who did the drink, I guess, so that should be the one, but you do it. We're drinking spicy margs this week. Too hot <coughs> for the pepper margs. Featuring uh, was it infused jalapeno simple syrup. Mm, I did that. Um, a little splash of a smoky mezcal. Oh. Lime juice. From a bottle, because I had bought limes, but I was like, "Yeah, I'm lazy." Garnished with dehydrated lime lime wheels, as well as jalapeno rings. Also dehydrated. Dehydrated jalapeno rings. By me. <laughs> Continue. That's that's all the things. Oh yeah, right? it was good. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. Rimmed with tahin, tahin, and smoked salts. Oh, delicious. Can I get a... Oh, wait, hold on. Can I get a... Can I get a... I got my friend to do that for me, and it's game fucking over. I'm going to use that forever. Can I get a... Can I get a... I'm just going to do that forever. Hi-ya! Can I get a... Hi-ya! Oh, Lord. <laughs> I hate how much I love that. It's so good. And I love how much I it's hate that. absolutely... Amazing. I think this is an awesome cocktail. I have to agree. Um, so you're the bartender behind this concoction. You know, you clearly are the inventor and proprietor of all of all sparsy, spicy margs. All spicy margs. Uh, spicy marges. Oh. If you're in uh, oh, the homie. Midwest. Oh, <laughs> oh homie. <laughs> Could you imagine Marge Simpson being an e-girl? Because I do. I, I actually, you know, so there's an episode of an of like season four where Homer is at home and he is able to control the power plant from the internet, and his job is just to press the button. So what he did is he made himself really fat so that he can work from home. He's wearing like a muumu, and all he has to do. Is press a button on the computer to make sure the power plug isn't. So he gets a one of those Duncan birds that moves up and down. Oh yeah, and he has it press the key. And I remember, <laughs> I'm never gonna forget. He goes, he goes, he goes. Enter key. Where's the enter? No, it was it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Wait, was it the any key? Yeah, any keys. They press any keys. They any key. Where's the any key? <laughs> fuck, man. I just. Oh. Fuck, I just, I, I love The Simpsons. Okay, good cocktail. Thumbs up. What was your inspiration behind this cocktail? Because we're doing fucking jokes. And if you want to hear more jokes and more drinks and shit, fucking look down in the box below where there's like descriptions and notes and shit. There's going to be a link or some shit at some point. Oh, wait, no, you can't do that. It's in the future. Wow, I'm so bad. Look ahead on Monday at 8 a.m. everywhere you listen to podcasts for Behind the Bar. Solid recovery. Wow. Uh, Because we're going to be talking more about this cocktail that was inspired by the fact that we're doing, finally, catch up to our sober April where we each ended up having one drink. And the loser, which we both could lose. The loser. Which is, we're both losers. Losers. Even though, damn, I was going to do it and you did it first. Ah. Even though we both ended up losing, even though after that I didn't have another drink, even though I only fucking had like half a drink, I was like, fucked it up. Fuck. Uh, We each had to write each other three jokes. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just wanted to talk about my my methodology, but you want to talk about yours. And I'm kind of, I want, I kind of want you to tell me, God, get the methodology going. Tell me, cuz. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for joining me on my tech talk, TED Talk today about methodology of joke writing as well as joke theory. Don't you fucking love? Fucking, you get started. You literally, this is a topic. I could have sat back like 20 minutes. 
the episode where we did where we smoked the weed and shit, I was so fucking high, <laughs> but I didn't have to really talk. No, I, I just really kind of took over on yeah, that. You one. Just I was did like, that one. wait a minute, <laughs> this is my lane. Yeah, it's like, well, we get the plant from the ground. <laughs> Let me tell you this: it's green and it comes from the sun. <laughs> so, the way I like to think about joke writing and joke methodology is I really like to get into the conceptual aspect of it first. The way I like to visually conceptualize what a joke is, and it is the intersection of subtext and context at the X. And uh, with that in mind, the uh, proportions and ratios of the absurdity of the uh, subtext or context in that matter in proportion or in relation to the relatability of the subtext is what goes into creating a joke itself. Um, There's also theories on like the academic theories in uh, what goes into comedy that have to do with like, why do we laugh like what is the uh, the social um, evolutionary purpose of laughter? What is the um, uh, philosophical, uh, I guess, per, or, or reasons for for comedy? Like what's the, I guess, equation or the the um, what's the word for like for Innovation? like stem for like stem sciences where it's like uh empirical. Oh, the empirical like reasoning behind Exactly, for for comedy. Not just the feeling, but the the factual the the quote-unquote truth of why and the, how. The stuff that evidence that has been, you know, gathered yeah. by whatever. The stuff you don't think about, but there are papers about that prove Exactly. Like the hypotheses. There is a dissertation on comedy somewhere about someone going why what oh i can't say his name he's fucking oh i can't even any comedian shit fuck um why tiffany haddish's give me a tiffany haddish stand up uh uh, uh oh uh, no shit wait uh, wait what's the name of the, the 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 amazing person who did the we watched with uh grace uh uh the person we watched in my room the stand up Oh, Hannah Gatsby? Hannah Gatsby's absolutely amazing two stand-up specials, The Wise. See, we're progressive. <laughs> I love how you obviously <laughs> went through a Rolodex of comedians in your head, and you're like, nope, canceled, nope, canceled, nope, problematic, nope, canceled. I knew who to pick, but I thought it'd be funnier. Fair. It's a joke. See, there we go. And also, I did it three times. Rule of threes. Just saying. There are certain rules that, like, there's unspoken rules, and then there's, like, weird, like, equational rules. First of all, so, like, I like to think of, like I said, jokes are the uh, the, the cross, the, the intersection of context and subtext with regard to the relationship of absurdism to reality. Um, according to Aristotle... There are three, I guess, schools of comedy um, or three theories of comedy that include uh, relief theory, incongruency theory, and superiority theory. Uh, Relief theory has to do with the idea that laughter is a sort of social signal from one person to the other that indicates a rise in endorphins but isn't necessarily – uh, in response to a certain threat stimuli. So the idea is behind relief theory, there's a false uh, sense of of danger or, or sense of um, problem. And then that sense of problem is then immediately uh, absolved. And it's the absolution or it's the it's the diffusion of that conflict in an immediate state that creates a sense of humor for us you see that a lot in um slapstick kind of comedy where um, someone's life is put in immediate peril only for it to be immediately uh 
saved or or there's there's some sort of like uh, uh, resolution that makes it so that it's it's not hazardous. Is that the same one? So here's a question. This is a theory. Uh, the one that says that like that's the reason why people will laugh in a crowd, even if they're not really sure the thing is funny, because other people are laughing. That they're related. It is right because they both kind of stem from the idea that laughter is a social cue to tell other people in the group that there's no immediate threat. Um, and then there's also the social theory that laughter is a social cue to identify in group and out group individuals. Yes. yes, this this is one that I'm more aware of. This is like yeah. a super common uh, one. So like that one is more in relation to like. Okay, if this person finds this funny, that means we can bond. And that's kind of the the social evolutionary psychology that goes into that theory. Hasn't that one been seen as being kind of problematic? I, I, I yeah. because there that connect, you know, the whole in-group out-group thing is kind of what's used by bigots and stuff. I I, I heard this by like like white nationalists recently who were like, well, I, you know, actually, you know, it's not that it's racist. It's just that there's a bigger group who's more happy to be on with the white people and we're in and the, the people of color are out. It's not that it's bad. It's that they should be with their own group because we're the end. It's really- well, I mean, it's problematic because white nationalists and white supremacists take only like a third of what any science is saying and then say, okay, they, they cherry pick what yeah, they yeah, want. Yeah. And then, because when it comes down to like actual in group versus out group has to do with like evolutionary science and like the same principles of comedy then would apply to like a group of baboons or a flock of uh of parrots like the same concept of you use a certain social vocal signal that indicates something like but isn't that easy to like to say like the vocal signal that bigots would say is like that they identify view this one thing, right? And like you know, it's not that they're racist, but they all think or agree with this thing, mm-hmm. right? So maybe not even that they're the in group, maybe they're the out group, but it defines them and separates them from the other group. But also, then you have how the whole basis of what makes the in-group versus what makes the out-group is completely um, arbitrary. So, like, when it gets down to, like, a human socialization, there's really, there's no reason for an out-group. But the minute you say, like, naturalistic or evolutionary theory... That's it, that's I know those are red flag. <laughs> those words. are like the words that that immediately like draw in people who are like, well, you know, because when when you say in group, what when we think about things sociologically, when you say in group, you think popular kids, but that's not what it means. No, that it's not it, it's not close. When I say in group, I mean like when I say in group versus out group, I mean like the fact that uh, porpoises have regional dialects. And so as they migrate, in order to, you know, they may separate from, individuals may separate from their herd and from their pod and stuff. And so if they come across another pod that has a different porpoise regional dialect, the one group will will have a different set of of squeaks and clicks and stuff, and they will be either the in-group or the out-group relative to, you know, what whatever the group of scientists are studying. But that's also completely different than uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. than white nationalists going like, well, because... Well, no, you know what? That was a big... Let's say you're in school. Like, because yeah. people are going to be like, oh, they never... No. It, it, it's very different than being in school and being like, we're, we're the cool kids. That's not... It's, you know, because white nationalists think they're the cool kids. <laughs> wow that was probably the best joke i ever made in my life right huh? <laughs> you know i didn't write anything half as funny as that fuck. so how many is the three theories that you have or is it like five or ten i don't know so there's three theories with like two sub they're based off of the two um they're not competing but like 
there's theories of laughter because laughter is involuntary. So we have to kind of assume that comedy and a sense of humor is an involuntary sense. Oh, fuck. I forgot about the sexism. About the reason why men are funnier than women. Oh. I didn't say that. I'm just, I'm just I didn't say oh. that. But the whole, the whole men are funnier than women because, you know, men have to, you know, peacock for women or something. And men are meant to fuck all the women in the world. But women give birth, so they're attached to one person. So the men have to work harder to, I, I don't fucking, I don't, listen, I'm not actually a bigot. I just play one on TV. So I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> if I were to give like a like a sociological reason as to why there's like the idea or at least why it, it appears, not appears, but why it's propagated that men are funnier than women, I'd say humor is social lubricant, right? And for the longest time, women were... Not allowed yeah. to socialize. You, you think women aren't funny. It's not that women are funny. It's that there's no women in comedy. Why? It's systemic. Why do black people have a harder time with certain things? It's systemic. It doesn't matter what it is now. There is literally generations of oppression of women. Right. That literally makes it more difficult for them to be involved in, to be around. Fuck it. If you don't fucking hear a joke... Because you're a girl and they're taking it, you can't listen to jokes to go in the other room. Then fucking, you can't listen to the jerky boys. You know that, that it, it really causes it a problem. But that's I'm not gonna show you that shows why how women are amazing. Because even it's like people of color, despite that, yeah, you know, fucking some of the biggest comedians are women of color. Are women especially. of color? So I'm right? just so you know, it, it, fucking you spite's know. a hell of a drug. Honestly, in some ways, I think I find a lot of uh, comedy from, like, cis women to be fucking some of the best fucking comedy that I've heard, you know. And I've made a concerted effort to listen to more music from women, Mm -hmm. to read more books from women, and listen to more comedy from women, because I don't always. And, like, I had a conversation with your girlfriend about fucking Taylor Swift, because I don't really love Taylor Swift. Why are you both talking about fucking Taylor Swift? But I like Olivia Rodrigo. And I realized that they do the similar kind of music. Taylor Swift is more polished, but Taylor Swift will appeal to her sensibilities, mm-hmm. which are the sensibilities of somebody more more southern. You know, like she identifies with that. But Olivia Rodrigo, Someone with a little bit more caucasity. I don't know because Olivia Rodrigo maybe, is, but like Olivia Rodrigo is more punk also, mm-hmm. and that's what I grew up with. I grew up more punk. It's not just that that Taylor Swift's a woman. The type of music she does is not the, the type. So, but I wouldn't know that if I didn't make the effort to find musicians and women. You know what I mean? Like, women are funny. Okay, men—they're way more unfunny. There are so many men who think they're funny. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> There's a whole, like, way larger proportion of men who think they're funny who aren't. And this two right here. <laughs> What are you talking about? We're allies. Of course we're funny. I know, right? What's the third one? I want to make sure. Oh, no. No, you're good. You're good. What's the third one again? Um, so we have, we had the both the joke theories. And so then we had relief theory, which is like, I could be in danger, but I'm not. And that has to do with also like the fact that smiling um, amongst humans is a different signal than smiling amongst most other primate social groups. Because like <clears throat> when we show teeth, it's a good time, and when they show teeth, <laughs> it's a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been kind of one that's that's fickle. But um, so to get into the actual comedy theory, there's relief theory, and then there's incongruency theory, which I think is one of my favorites because it's the most um, the most reliant on the relationship between realism and relatability and absurdity and absurdism and um, because incongruency theory is basically you take two unlike things and you put them next to each other and you laugh at either how they're sort of similar but not and i think like my favorite example of that is puns puns and puns and parody are the epitome of incongruency theory, where you have something that's like, um, 
hey, what's the uh, what's the most sexual fruit you could think of? What a kumquat! Wow, <laughs> guess what? Now you're thinking, wait, sex, fruit, what do those what? have to do with each other? Guess what? What's that? Chicken butt. Hey! Wow. What? That's knock knock. Who's there? Me. Me who? It's it's not you, it's me. <laughs> like it's the <laughs> why did I laugh? It's, like, it's silly. Because like, it's ridiculous. Because incongruency theory is all about just it's silliness. That's that's where the humor of incongruency theory is. And you know, I'll have a I have a couple of, of jokes for you for that. So it's so funny because the way that I do comedy and I think about comedy is all like relief theory. It's like the kind of uncomfortable put you in the like the the the, the flight of fright, like the fright. Well that's because of... your comedy is all about trauma. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, but I think it's, I think it's just so fu- something about like, especially improv, about being put on the spot, you know, it, it absolutely fucking kills me. <laughs> There's something about it that kills me to the point where I just can't live without it. Oh, okay. You, so do you have do you have an example that you want to share, or sh- can I can I introduce just the last one? Introduce the last one, please. And then the last one is superiority theory. Ooh, and <laughs> that's that's <laughs> laughing down at people, <laughs> which is so easy. It is so easy, and it's something weird in humans where it fucking works. It's like uh, like superiority theory would be like uh, how many. Uh, Oh, <laughs> how many does it take to screw in a light bulb? Where none, because they can't read. I don't know how many. How many uh, Minneapolis police officers does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? <laughs> Doesn't matter. They'll just shoot the the room for being dark. Oh, oh. fuck, man! Wow. So the theory in that is like. I'm laughing down at Minneapolis police officers. I owe this to 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 Feb, but this is her punchline for her comedy. It's not funny, but I'm laughing. Oh. <laughs> oh. And so like relief theory tends to fall in line with gallows humor. While superiority theory would have the same jokes, but just not with the gala. Like, they're laughing at the different part of relief theory. Like, to put it in a worse, in a, in a worse way, it's like, if you're poor and you're laughing at the situation of poor people, that's relief theory. If you're a rich person laughing at the, at the situation of poor people... Then it's superiority theory. That's wow. That's great. That's a great example. And it's incongruency theory. If you're a middle class person laughing at someone making fun of, I, I don't even know because middle class doesn't exist. <laughs> and that's incongruency theory. Oh. That's the whole joke. I want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Haven't you done enough of that today? So I have here a thing, okay? Yeah. But you see it, right? I see. It's black. Yeah. Okay. Don't look at it. Okay. Because I'm going to change it to not being black. Okay? It's so big. It is. <laughs> um, so don't look at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> so. In the vibe of one of my least favorite but most favorite things ever, I wanted to make you kind of uncomfortable by putting you on the spot. Uh Uh-huh. So I want to introduce a segment that I call... Welcome to... Me. Bleepin' (laughs) Smup Date. (laughs) (laughs) Where we bring you the news. Oh, goddammit. From not the weekend, because somebody else has the license for that. Wait, can we be... If we just got the weekend to do our updates. <laughs> the weekend to do the weekend. Oh my he hosted SNL and they didn't take advantage of having the weekend update. 
<clears throat> I'm so me, disappointed. We're, we're, we're in character. <clears throat> oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> so, our first story tonight. I'm reading it? I'm going to read it. Oh, okay. And then when I'm done, don't read it. <sighs> when I'm done, in a very LNS way, I don't, because I don't want to get sued by, you know, you know, Michael's Lauren. I don't know who that is. What, what, that was a fit of, of uh, fucking American Dad. Remember they did the episode where fucking he was a comedian, where um, he, fucking he was a comedian. He did the show that was SNL, but it was like a different show. Mm. And it was not, it was Michael's Lauren or something. Not Right. Yeah. They had, uh, <laughs> it was like live on nights of Saturdays. Yes. <clears throat> All right. So. <clears throat> <clears throat> Wait, are you re- are you? Reading? I gotta think. I gotta. Th- we're oh, we're just can- a tag team. Okay. Okay. Our first story tonight. Very important. This week, after months of violence and death, a ceasefire was negotiated between the states of Palestine and Israel. Muhammad Abbas, the president of Palestine, released this brief statement. We thank the American state for the support it has given the state of Palestine. We hope that the future is full of diplomatic activities and that we can reach a comprehensive solution based on international law. In response, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu released his own brief statement. We don't kill kids. They were tiny adults with backpacks. We are rubber, you are glue. Whatever you say bounces off us and sticks to you. It's right, SNL. It's literally meant to make you uncomfortable. It's literally meant to make... Wait, hold on. was nice to see the discourse, discourses professional, at least. To expand on this, we have with us a very special guest. Oh, no. Oh, Welcome, former presidential candidate. Head of the Presidential Budget Committee, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Hello, hello. Thank you all for having me. I have had quite a trip getting here. So, uh, 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 Mr. Sanders, it's very nice to have you here on our amazing, absolutely professional podcast. Um, so I have some questions from the audience. Go ahead, shoot. Uh-huh. The burn dog is ready to answer. So the first one, very serious. What is your response to people calling you a Jewish man, anti-Semitic? Well, first, I'd like to say if there's one people who are more anti-Semitic than the entire nation of Islam. It's the Jewish people. There is no one who hates the Jews more than ourselves. It has been emplaced in us from birth. It is how we have maintained our great tribe since the ancient times. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I have here some very, very good questions. <clears throat> How was dating the dinosaurs? And do they really bite? First of all, I'd like to say that as the senator of Vermont, <laughs> there is nothing I'm more proud of than our ecological teams that have manned numerous dig sites <laughs> and have dug up dirt. On many of my ex-dinosaur girlfriends. <laughs> I'd say. Out of my relationships that I've had with prehistoric beasts. The mastodon was the most emotionally available. <laughs> Before you go, Senator. I'm sorry. But I have to, I have to throw you a curveball. There's been one last question that was asked four times. What is it like being America's biggest sugar baby? There's one thing I know. It's that America has the capacity to be everyone's sugar daddy. (laughs) And the fact that we are not all suckling at the teat 
of this caramel confection <laughs> is a travesty in and of itself. And so I say, why blame me for being the first sugar baby when everyone else ought to get on the sugar daddy hype train? <laughs> Not to mention the sugar mothers. <laughs> That is all I have to say on the subject. Thank you so much, Bernie. This has been absolutely amazing having you on Was That In Good Taste. It's absolutely been amazing. It's been a pleasure. Do you have anything that you want to leave to the audience here? Uh, anything you want to say? Hey, look out in 2024. Bernie and Yang coming again. Back at you. <laughs> the, the redux. The redo. <laughs> Did you like that? Something told me so. Here's the Wait, thing. did I miss something? Was No, you didn't. Did we have a political pundit in I here? I know, right? I know. Where Why? was I? Well, where'd you go? What, what happened? The return of Chandler. I feel like there was a senator in this room. Whoa, Chandler. And it's funny because I, you know, actually, I believe theory that that really fucking entertains the fuck out of me. Did you think it was pretty? Oh, it's turned oh, down. damn. Eep. Try it again. Try okay, again. Well, I think it's pretty neat. Neat. It's neat. <laughs> the idea of making you uncomfortable fucking cracks me up. And one of the things. Why though? Is I wanted to kind of, one, make a point about SNL. About how it's kind of not that great anymore. Because it's not hard to write an SNL joke. Why are joke. you taking shots at SNL? Because <laughs> I think it's funny. One, it's not hard to write a joke for SNL. It's not hard to write a joke, period. Two, it's something really fun in that way. Because I had an inkling that we would do different types of jokes. So I went out of my way. So I started writing traditional jokes. One of which is the punchline for you was, it's, you know, it's hard being black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote all these different jokes. Wait, wait, wait. I have a quick, a real quick okay. side tangent to tell you about. Um <laughs> So I had a job and lost the job recently. Um, I overheard in one of the executive meetings, uh, one of the uh, the higher ups was talking about like a marketing strategy. And he's like, I just I want to get like someone who's like an authentic like Brooklyn artist to like really really grasp the like like the aesthetic of like you know the black culture stuff here and he kept on talking about how he wanted like a real brooklyn artist and every time he said real brooklyn artist <laughs> i'm like dude just say black <laughs> right this is actually what you mean right <laughs> <laughs> and like he keeps on emphasizing that and i'm just even like real like, i don't know real real like <laughs> so what do you mean by real so like, I went, like someone who grew up here who grew up there so but like you mean like in manhattan well no, no maybe like, like brooklyn. brooklyn or the bronx but not like the gentrified parts of brooklyn yeah. either you know and so like you know my friend jonathan like you know jonathan mask manischewitz he lives in the bronx well you know mm, ah, we maybe want, we want someone a little bit more like real brooklyn somebody a little bit more you know somebody who's like really from there like, like someone who really grasps the culture hip-hop logic is dead from brooklyn he's mm. up mm. we want someone a little who's more real brooklyn like you know just say black just, right. wow whoa i didn't whoa. say we gotta call hr now <sighs> we got clearly they have to have a have to have a seminar so anyway i'm listening to this <laughs> the entire time i'm thinking dude come on come on and then I was I was retelling this story to someone else and I was like, Am I am I gonna have to be the representation of the black community in this company? <laughs> oh. I just thought that was the funniest shit. Oh God. <laughs> like the place is so white that I'm just like, hey, I'm part Jewish and <laughs> I don't know if anyone's told you, but that might be racist. Like, actually, you know, like, if you want somebody who's black, if you want a black artist, it's okay. It's actually kind of okay to say that. Like, like not if, saying that is... If you want to say you want to be a space for black representation, that's how you want to translate <laughs> whatever it is 
you're trying to say, mm. which is essentially, I want to appropriate the Harlem Renaissance to sell whiskey. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, fucking Harriet Tugman knows. <laughs> even after two minutes, even the milk is black. <laughs> Come on, that was fucking good. Oh, wow. Oh no. I something. I, I started writing traditional jokes for you, but I was like, you know what? I felt like you were going to go a traditional route. I thought you might do, like, one type of jokes, or you might do a few different ones. Mm-hmm. And I thought doing a segment would be very different because another thing that's a key to jokes, including, like, doing the, the like the, the, the three rule, like, you know, repeating things three times, yeah. is to have jokes that are different. It's different. Variety. Because I felt like you wouldn't do a segment. Mm. Well... That's where you're wrong. <sighs> I didn't not do a segment. I did a parody song oh because that is the epitome of incongruency theory. So I didn't mean to read the first one, but it's a good thing I did because you org- you ordered it correctly. So I know what I need to. I have to look at this in order to. All right. So the, it's it's all on you next. You're performing. You're doing the whole bit on your own. By the way, mine was holy mine. Fuck you, look at show notes. My whole thing is, if it makes me laugh, I think it's funny. So you <laughs> gave me something that I have to like be funny at, where I gave you something where you you would have to try hard to not be funny at. Well, <laughs> I make it look effortless. <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So we have a, a parody song of something that, like you said, if it makes you laugh, then it's funny. So this was something that... I would always sing to myself to make me laugh. Um, are you ready? Me, 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 me. Are you, oh, fuck, are I'm you not prepared? Ready. I'm not ready. Are you ready? I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. I feel, you know what? Damn. This is, what does it say? Parody? Oh, this is also, this is, yeah, relief theory here because I'm feeling it. It's also a little bit of sub- superiority it theory is. for me because I'm laughing at you. Yeah. Because I know you're uncomfortable. Oh, it's okay, though. You know why? Because everything that I say in this song is going to be vegan. Just add the word vegan before the words I say because I don't know if you know this, but... Uh... <sighs> By the way, you fucked up. Oh, I forgot to tell you to do the lyricless. See, what you did was you told me to get the first 30 seconds. Yeah. So I got the first 30 seconds. But you forgot there's an intro. I forgot there was an intro. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to fucking do it because I can fucking do comedy. You ready? Fuck it. He's doing it live. Fuck it. I'm doing it live. I fucked up. All right, hold on. Okay. Take two. Take two. You ready? <laughs> Sweet cream to make your cheese. Good am I to disagree. I fed the world for the cheddar cheese. Everybody's looking for monster. Wonder <laughs> queer. Some of them wanna port salute. Some of them wanna pack a Reno. Some of them wanna be fun, dude. Ooh. <laughs> well, I actually don't. I can't do the bridge because I don't know the bridge by heart. I don't know the fucking tempo. Oh, then it's just keep your fed up provolone. Keep your cheddar provolone. I, I only know the Marilyn Manson version. Provolone, and he's canceled. So I literally, oh. I fucking can't even. Fuck, I can, I can. Anyway, that's my sweet dreams are made of cheese Fuck. song. Sweet dreams will make your cheese. Good am I to disagree. I fed the world for the cheddar cheese. Everybody's looking for monster. Some of them want to grow, yeah. Oh, I see. Some of them want a poor salute. Some of them want pecorino. Some of them want to be fun, dude. Ooh. <laughs> I can't even. And fuck. scene. That's great. I vibe with that. Yeah. 
fuck. You executed it really well. And like, I dove into it. You, that's one of the things about you jokes. You, you gotta fucking. You gotta wear it. You gotta wear it. If so you're gonna like, do a joke, you gotta commit to the joke. Fucking didn't know I needed the lyric part. Guess what? Still fucking do it. Hey, we, that's the whole fucking part. I'm proud of you. Oh God, I, I haven't looked at the second joke yet. <laughs> Should I just look at it? What is it a thing? Ah, uh, it's silly. Wait, I haven't seen the the one you have set up. All right, so oh, so just you, I didn't cheat. I did like technically five jokes because what I did was is I did <laughs> I did a segment in which I made you do a punchline. Okay, right, but then I made you do a character, mm. and I knew there'd be jokes involved with the character so did you pepper in the jokes so with the character the questions were to prompt your impromptu uh, jokes and okay. i got you to do four okay on top of the other one but as it's a segment and you're doing a character it's not as natural to make you do as many as you until it's like i just kind of counted it as one like because i was one character it was yeah. one no joke. I pull, I, so i pulled an snl okay because because i didn't do jokes i didn't do stand-up i didn't do punchline punchline i did a segment like before commercial and i did bleak and bluff date i don't know then i had a character on it's true the character in itself is also a joke mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a, and then the, it, the jokes within the character's jokes yeah so like there's like literally just you being the character is a joke I doing see. the segment, ah, doing the segment, which is a playoff of another segment from a popular TV show. It's a parody of a parody. Is a joke already. So I'm parodying it. It's. I see where you're going. I see. I see the layers of joke that you've that you've put onto this. Now, I thought you wouldn't think it's funny, but I read it past a lot of people, and I did it with other people to make sure. You did which? Did you make? I them, did the whole thing. I literally did. did you make them be Bernie. Yeah, I did the whole thing. Okay, so I gotta ask. Did you were did you, I did I do as funny as you wanted me to, Dad? <laughs> you did really funny. <laughs> Your um, the first part because you were <clears throat> fuck. I wanted to really. I couldn't find my Bernie in the first couple. No, and the first you did fine. The first part with the bleak and shit update. Oh, uh huh. You didn't fuck. You didn't. You didn't get the reaction that I wanted, which is the which is the Colin Jost reading the thing mm. and then being like. This is ridiculous, you know. You should have done the joke that you told me when we weren't recording. <laughs> I had a few, but I wanted to like, you know, and that was one of them, by the way. That was actually <laughs> one of them. I, I did a bunch of different ones. There was different types of telling jokes. That's true. This is going to be a stand-up joke. I, kind the, of. the other two are, are fairly stand-up jokes. And yeah. I didn't write. The the third one, there's an ad lib at the end, but like I didn't write it. By the way, I just glanced at it. I fucking knew yeah. that you were going. <laughs> I knew it. <clears throat> so it's actually really funny, Chandler. Oh, I'm about to elevate this shit. Oh. It's actually really funny because, you know, I know we're joking. We're talking about like Israel and Palestine and it's super crazy. Lots of things are going on. And I had to do the Bernie thing. One of the reasons I had to do the Bernie thing is because I know that there's a lot of concern in the Senate about what's going to happen during the midterm ele elections. Oh, yeah. I really don't know what's going on. I know what's going to happen on. And You've been seeing, like, the ads and stuff for them, right, popping well, up? I have. And honestly, like, it's already beginning. It's not quite started yet. But the advertising for the midterm elections is in full swing, and it's more compelling than ever. I just spent 15 minutes watching a campaign promotion for LC. Before I realized it was just an Olivia Rodriguez playlist. <laughs> Come yeah, on. That, that made was... me giggle. <laughs> Woo. Did I not fucking do a good job? No, you, you, you fluffed that one up real yeah, good. I added to it. You added you you gave it the presentate the presenter's flair that it needed. <sighs> That's what I expected from you, but I Hey, but for real though, when they have Olivia Rodriguez or when they have her on SNL, you know she's playing AOC. Like I could, I could see that, but no, because I feel like maybe racist or something. Well, probably, but oh, she is going to be on SNL too, right? It's so funny because <laughs> you know AOC. People act like she's she's not trying to be young. She's like my age or like a year older than me. So like I'm on TikTok, she's on TikTok. She she's not trying to like be hip. She's just more hip than they are. I mean, it's a lot easier to be more hip than most of the Senate because, you know, they have hip replacements. What I did see 
was the new campaign promotion, AOC. So this is a, a 100% like the truth. Oh, you're not doing a bit right I'm now. not doing it though. Okay, okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I, I was like, oh, okay, so, where's he going with this? All right, so actual this is 100 percent of things you know aoc was doing the thing where like she did um she did animal crossing she people come to her island and stuff like that you know and she had people like you know coming and like playing among us with her and stuff like that you're joking about rodriguez rodrigo you know but she did a thing with taylor swift Hmm? do you do you know this did Wait, you know about AOC this? did? Yeah. Did you know about did you see about this? I have not seen this. I did not know about this. Yeah. <laughs> no. Check this out. Okay. So I'm just she... writing jokes here, just like caution to the wind. And you're <laughs> like, wait, no, there's there's a connection. There, there's a connection. Okay. So what AOC did was is uh she was on SNL yeah. and the audience. When, oh, like in a in a bit? No, just in the audience when, when Taylor Swift was on. Oh. Right. And when, like, during the commercial, I heard she stood up and she said, whoop, whoop, about the police. Whoop, whoop, that's the sound of the beast. <laughs> AOC did? During a Taylor Swift concert. And I can only imagine that Taylor Swift were f- responded with, fuck the police coming straight out the underground. <laughs> they got it bad. Because I'm brown. <laughs> I like the idea of just AOC being connected with like modern pop artists. Uh, I couldn't help but myself. Like, <laughs> and by the way, come on, good setup too. I fucking, but I fucked up because I had a good setup. But then at the I was like, oh shit, he's actually going for it. I wasn't ready. <laughs> fuck. I was like, fuck. I'm not ready. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All right. Will you read? Right, will you read my one? I'm fucking scared. My last okay. joke. Um, Fuck, man. But you know what's the best thing about being vegan? What's the best part of being, being being vegan? The best thing about being vegan is, you know, I'm able to really connect with nature. Like, people always make jokes. They're like, eh, people. Even you, you fucking make the jokes. I go to your house. You're like, yeah, nothing to eat. You're here. Some salad. It's like, fuck you. A- Some <laughs> of my best friends are trees. In fact. <laughs> The other day, right? The other day, I'm standing there, and there's like two trees standing next to each other. Like, yo, I'm like, what's up? One says to the other, hey, <laughs> you look new. What kind of tree are you? The other tree is like, yo, eucalyptus. The other tree is like, yo, what kind of tree is that? The other tree is like, what's good, Blee? It stands for eucalyptus nuts. <laughs> Give me, give me, give me some fucking props. <laughs> Did I not fucking take it? Oh, I man. fucking gave it a good fucking intro. That was a great joke. I fucking make it. I made, I made, I made your joke fucking better. Don't that fuck with me. A, that was a great joke, and you you performed it exceptionally. Fuck yes. That was. Oh. This is what's gonna happen. That You're t- gonna end up writing for me. I don't want that to happen. I don't give a fuck. It's- did I not start that shit off good? Yeah, don't fuck with me. You did. You done well. Did I not exceed your expectations? You didn't expect that. You didn't expect me to come in and fucking fluff them up. I didn't expect you to do the fluff work. Yeah, to do the segue into. You think I was going to sit here and just be like, well, now for joke three. I, Two I kinda, trees. Are yeah. St- That's kind of what I, I expected it to be sterile as fuck. But is that what you expect from somebody you would consider to be a comedian? Well, I don't consider you to be a comedian. And that's, so. that's why you fucking don't respect me. I don't disrespect you. I just don't acknowledge your existence in the community. First of all, sphere. some of my best friends is trees. You think I'm letting them disrespect them like that? <laughs> <laughs> fuck yes. Yo, lately. Hey, but wait. Do you fuck with any bushes, though? First of all, I don't fuck with no I bushes. Say, I don't fuck with no. You know, I don't fuck with no bushes. <laughs> you know? Yo, first of all, we have the bushes. There's no bushes up here. All clushes, son. <laughs> <laughs> If they crippin' trees, ain't no, ain't no bees, <laughs> fucking, ain't no berries, carries. <laughs> Underbrush, it's undercut. Undercut, cuz, it's good cuz, oh, oh, you know, oh, no. everything's even the oh, ease, no. kick eucalyptus, you fucking, <laughs> you know, oh. fuck.
Yeah. Look at, I fucking, I've been elevating this shit. Wow. You're so fucking surprised. I'm kind of offended. Wow. I'm kind of offended that you're fucking so taken aback with my ability to fucking do that. I'm, I'm kind of offended. Well. Wow. Well. <laughs> um. I'm proud of you. Fuck. That's it. I'm on top. <laughs> Supremacy. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, I did a whole thing where I turned your jokes into my jokes. Yeah. Well, like I wrote- In a way, for some, no, I turned the fact that you wrote jokes for me into a joke. Oh. Uh, which was an entire, which is a I thing see. that I planned ahead of time because somebody here is a comedian and apparently it's not you. What are you talking about? I wrote some damn good jokes. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh... <laughs> I, you, I wrote something for you to perform and turn into a good joke. I took your okay jokes and I turned them into great jokes. Hey, I'm I'm a joke writer. I I, I just got to make sure someone can make make l- lemons with my lemonade. Look, all jokes. Is, I feel like I did a good job. No, you I'm did. Proud it. of I'm, myself. You should be. Wow. Well, fuck. That's it. We I fucking, hope you're not. <laughs> that's it. I'm on top. Don't let it go to your head too long. <laughs> I'm on fucking top. That's it. Uh, you know, there's nothing else to be said here. You got something else to say? I don't think so. Mm, oh, one more little little piece of news. Um, I picked up a pot still recently so I can oh, make homemade shit. essential oils. Um, ah, homemade essential oils. Wink, that, wink, wink, wink. Wink, 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 wink. That I'm going to make a homemade. I don't think you're talking about. We're not in America right now. Right now, we're in we're in Paris. We're flying back we're, next week. <laughs> we're uh, making a homemade uh, essential corn oil extraction. Mm-hmm. Um, a fermented corn oil extraction. Um. An ethanol-based fermented corn oil extractant. For topical use only? For, well, maybe ingestion. Um, Topical use. Topical use, yes. Topical use. Right. (laughs) Not not for ingestion. You maybe spritz it around the room. Um, Anyway, I got a pot still to make moonshine. and Not that we're going to make moonshine. Not that we're going to make moonshine. We're going to make infusions. We're going to make infusions. If you could. But if I wanted to make moonshine, like with... Say a uh, moonshining kit that you can get off of of uh, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon I guess. ordering <laughs> websites and stuff. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway, stay tuned in the future for uh, featuring some homemade uh, spirits and beverages. Um. So that was amazing. That was hilarious. Uh, follow some of the stuff and. Uh, there's only one thing left to say, and I'm going to say it. You ready? Can I finish it? No. Okay. It's a comedy podcast. <laughs>